Today's episode of The Ringer NBA Show is brought to you by Belvedere Vodka. Produced in one of the world's longest-running distilleries, Belvedere Vodka is the world's finest all-natural vodka. Crafted by a collective of master distillers, Belvedere is made with non-GMO Polish rye, pure water, no additives, Justin. Whew. Recognized for quality, Belvedere was named the ISC World Vodka Producer of the Year in 2015, 16, and 17. That's like a warrior's run for Belvedere. Shout out to you guys. Enjoy a delicious cocktail with Belvedere Vodka today, and remember to always drink responsibly. Basketball is very good. The Raptors are the best team in the East. Phil Jackson actually saved the Knicks. Mark L. Foltz will be an all-star next year. Basketball is very good. Hello, and welcome to the Ringer NBA show. It's Group Chat. Paolo Ugetti. What's up? Justin Verrier. Hello. Danny Chow. Morning. No tournaments for Danny. <laughs> I I just heard about this tournament about two minutes ago, and I'm kind of out on it. I'm disturbed that you just learned about the tournament, yeah. considering who you sit with in an office all day long. I thought you would have a take when I brought it up to you already, Well, like, which nope. I guess you do. Yeah, guys, uh, welcome to Group Chat. Before we get started, I just want to tell you a little bit about some things happening on The Ringer this week. We have a lot of incredible stuff, but especially I want you to check out the MJ LeBron package that we have going for all you NBA Heads, you may have heard these two young whippersnappers. We're hoping that they can reach their potential someday. No, they're the goats. Uh, they are Michael Jordan, LeBron James, and we have a series of articles that kind of look at them as mirror images of one another and com- as comparisons as LeBron chasing Jordan, what Jordan meant to the culture, what LeBron means to the culture. A lot of di- different ways of looking at two of the greatest athletes um, most of us have ever seen. So check those articles out. Also, uh, obviously, you can't go wrong with any of the Ringer Podcast Network shows, but I want to recommend Draft Class with Danny Chow, John Sharks, and Kevin O'Connor. Yeah. I can already feel the big boards rising in the in the distance. It's almost draft time, believe it or not. So to get every all the all the prospect information that you need, tune in to Danny, Kevin, and John every Friday, right? Yep. Okay. Uh okay guys, the reason why I'm a little bit muted right now is because we got to talk about this Dallas Mavericks situation. It's obviously the biggest story um, coming out of the All-Star Weekend. And we don't really want to spend a lot of time on it because I think in something like this, the best thing for our listeners to do is simply read the reporting. And John Wertheim and Jessica Luther did an incredible job with this piece in Sports Illustrated, and I highly recommend that everybody just check it out. Uh, what it basically details is a, uh, a culture that uh, permitted a CEO to uh, apparently serially sexually harass other employees and a beat writer who was arrested for a domestic violence charge and pled guilty, but was allowed to continue working uh, for the Mavericks. Like I said, there's not really a lot to add here. There's no, no, no connections to be made to the Mavericks as a basketball entity. Um, this is, this is something that Mark Cuban's going to have to uh, handle. And he's apparently doing so by bringing in outside investigations. Yesterday, Dirk Nowitzki talked about, um, how ashamed he was of the team and the and the franchise that something like this could happen. Carlisle, Rick Carlisle said much the same thing. Do you guys have anything to add? There's not really a lot to add. I, I think Michael Bauman had a very, very good piece on Cuban and and how he sort of positioned himself as a figurehead in the in the league and what that means to him as he kind of handles this controversy. But do you have anything else to add? Yeah, I would just say that I think as the reporting has gone on by some outlets uh, since like just the Weinstein investigation, it's just important to, to, I guess, realize that this isn't just an entertainment industry issue. It's a workplace issue. Yeah. And it's going to affect all sorts of workplaces. And I think 
Uh, just personally, I, I think I had wondered when this was going to hit sports, just considering that it is a workplace first and foremost, but also just the f- kind of Friday locker room nature of it all. Uh, and so I do wonder if this is like the first of a few to come. So, so yeah. like those type of stories, not to just wildly speculate, but you know, you hear things in sports. Sure. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how NBA franchise, how NFL and MLB franchises handle these kinds of uh, investigations if they're forced to face them. Okay, let's get to some other NBA news that's been kind of interesting for us this week. And I think uh, this is a little bit of like a chicken or the egg thing where, you know, over the last couple of years, we've seen this sort of unprecedented star player movement. Um, You could say it started with LeBron, but I think it's really kicked up over the last few seasons with Durant. And this idea that, any given NBA superstar is only really three or four years, like that only really has three or four years in any one given city, uh, unless like they're they're literally playing in a dynasty, and even that <laughs> doesn't necessarily <laughs> guarantee that they are going to be moving. I was watching some of the Sh- Kobe and Shaq interview from the All Star Weekend, and it was so funny to revisit the breakup of that and how seismic that felt at the time. Yeah, but even that, it was like. I think that there was a calculated like Shaq is kind of when you, when it goes bad for Shaq, it's going to go pretty pr- pretty fast, right. mm-hmm. and yeah. it's time to focus on Kobe. Um, but the big story this week was Kawhi. Uh, so so yesterday afternoon, Greg Popovich did a media availability. I wouldn't even call it a press conference. Mm-hmm. He's it was just, just before a team practice. Yeah, he just he was like practice. had the whistle around his neck. He's just kind of he was kind of gassed. You could tell, but I don't know. Would he have said he he basically came out and said that. Um, he would be surprised if Kawhi Leonard played this year. Kawhi's been nursing this right quad injury for a long time. He came back briefly. Nine games. Nine games? Nine games. Yeah. That's all we got of Kawhi this season. And when so was far. that? It was earlier. It was January? Around right around December? J- yeah, December, no, January. Yeah, I, I think it was around January. Like, okay. Yeah. And it was like, he looked pretty good. He looked right. a little out of shape. He didn't look like, oh, the two-way octopus that could just destroy the world. But he was also <laughs> like making like... You know, brief instances in which you saw that kind of dynamic defensive presence, you know, chase down blocks and like blocking guys from the perimeter. It, it was still there, but it was just wasn't the same Kawhi that we yeah. saw last year, who was like and he, an MVP guy. And even yeah. if you look at the time, so going back at the game log, and he played basically like from the middle of December to like the start of January, but he never played more than two games like straight. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like he had intermittent like the MB inactive. Program. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So it was clear that like wasn't fully all there yet. Yeah. So. Here's the thing about this Popovich press conference is it was not granted this is he's never going to be like re- remaking terms of endearment but I did not find it to be the softest touch. No. It was more a matter of we have to get ready to play go into the playoffs with the guys that we have and I got to know what I've got. Um and you know in subsequent reports by uh you, you know by Woj among others there's been it, this is a real read between the lines story because there is obviously a suggestion that Kawhi has been medically cleared to play. So this is up to Kawhi as far as whether or not he's ready or willing to play. And then that this is all part of a, I think Woj used the word fraying, the, you know, a, a strain on the relationship between the Spurs and Leonard. Mm-hmm. So Justin, uh, much ado about nothing. This is just a guy with an injury who's taking a little while longer to come back than we thought. Or... Does this speak to a larger issue between Kawhi and, and, and San Antonio? Yeah, I thought it was interesting that the fact that it was up to Kawhi came from the Woj report, which seemed to come from Kawhi's sort of side of things. And uh, Woj wrote the original 
is there something wrong between Kawhi and the Spurs piece of a couple months ago, right? Right. And so it wasn't Around the trade deadline. Right. And you would expect that to more come from the coach side of thing that like, listen, this guy can come back whenever he wants, you know, he can, it's really up to him, but it was almost, uh, it seemed like an attempt to say that this is like to empower Kawhi, that everything is up to him. And I think that sort of dynamic is something that we talked about in the past is just so unique for the Spurs. They've never had a guy like this just kick up dust. Uh, and I think it just speaks to Kawhi being different for that team and also just like the superstar in today's day and age. Like the, these issues pop up, even as you mentioned, the Spurs are kind of a model franchise that's doing really well that has a chance to win a finals, even when they don't have a second or third superstar. Kawhi is normal. Duncan wasn't. And that's, well, I think, sure. what that's we have point. to yeah. kind of understand yeah. Yeah. is that we establish, we, we, we have the, this measuring stick that we use when we talk about San Antonio and the selflessness of the players. But we're really talking about three or four guys. Mm-hmm. We're talking about David Robinson, Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili, and Tony Parker to some extent. And, and you know, these guys who have just are Spurs lifers who at some point in their career can't start coming off the bench right. or, yeah. you know, played through injuries. I mean, by all accounts, Duncan basically was limping through the last six years of his career. And you've got Kawhi who's like, that's not me. You know I mean? Maybe he's just like, I'm not interested in ripping a quad muscle because I don't think it's right yet. And then when I could opt out in 2019, or if I just want to get my 220 million, I don't know. I I think that maybe Kawhi is normal. And the other experiences we have with San Antonio are with guys who are uncommonly dedicated to this concept of the franchise. I, I kind of found it interesting that he dropped that Jordan commercial mm. where, you know, he was out, you know, doing playing the whole social media game and kind of changing the persona that he'd had for such a long time while he was injured. Yes. Yeah. Um and what that says about where and that that's kind of where I see the whole, you know, frayed um relationship with the Spurs maybe taking hold like it, it kind of signals to that obviously we don't know anything about that actual internal internally but um yeah it, it was just a weird shift for a guy who was always just kind of very much in the in the discussion for mvp but also on the periphery in terms of a personality yeah because the the spurs commercials usually are those heb ones yeah, that are right. just really whimsical and, and, and Kawhi funny. killed that too it was yeah. amazing yes. he was and, amazing and this is similar in tone but right. clearly a little bit on a higher level when jordan is one of the most recognizable brands in the entire sport right. i think kevin and, and verno talked about this on tuesday which is like we expect things to be more low-key because it's the Spurs, you know? So we kind of like, oh, like they're going to figure it out or whatever. But this clearly feels like a break-off from that sense on multiple levels, you know, the the commercial level, but also just like the whole, this is how superstars are nowadays level. And it's clear Kawhi wants to, or at least people around Kawhi wanted him to take that next step to being like, an, like a notable superstar, not just on the court, but off the court, you yeah. know? And I think um, the thing that I was thinking about is just like with Kawhi, like the, there is... You you said earlier like he was he's the guy who we're kind of talking about this week, but I think it kind of started with Anthony Davis too, which some of the comments mm-hmm. he had and being like, you wonder if you're a superstar on that same path. He talked about KG and how he was he bolted to Boston. He that he and I think that's left like earlier, yeah. Tying those things is kind of interesting to me because it makes me feel like these guys are so aware of how things work nowadays with superstars that they're almost like maybe gonna try to do them earlier than usual because it's gonna be beneficial for them. It's just like there's a lot of different factors so that I think And are on the team side, right? Yeah. When you're thinking about I mean the Spurs are as creative and as self sustaining as any team out there in terms of their talent pool. 
but on the team side this is the this is the new normal for for teams where superstars that you think you essentially have locked up are also at the height of their trade value. Yes. And that's mm-hmm. the thing with Anthony Davis, right? Is like even if they it's nice that Anthony Davis thinks that with Boogie healthy uh, that the Pelicans were finals contender. Finals contender. Finals contender. Which is yeah, like, I mean, I, I I appreciate his 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 like belief in their in their program, right? And I don't think that that's true, but I <laughs> I think that they were really scary. Um, but there's like a 50-50, if not worse, chance that Boogie is never going to be the same, you know. And Anthony Davis is also uh. He, he's an injury prone guy. And yeah. so to have him kind of playing what I guess would be the sort of beginning or mid of his prime right now um, in a, at a relatively empty gym uh, outside of on the outside looking at the playoff race when he probably could be the thing that brings Boston multiple titles right, if he were to right. go there or if he goes in any number of places, just not Golden State, please. Um, actually not Boston either. Sure. Uh, stay in New Orleans. <laughs> um, this is, this is, this is what we're going to be dealing with because these contracts are very, they're only paper now. Right. I, I think it's an interesting contrast to Kawhi as Paolo was kind of saying, just because it feels like Kawhi or Kawhi's people are kind of pulling at the strings behind the scenes in order to orchestrate something or at the very least, uh, get their message across in a very like specific way. We were talking about this just yesterday. I think Anthony Davis was just completely honest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, in his response just about saying like the comparison to KG. And I think that's almost worst. It's almost like I think about the whole Jacob Reese pounding the rock thing that the Spurs, believe it or not, uh, are the ones that everyone talks about. It's like a quote on their locker room. And just the fact that it's like slowly building over time. That's what I think. If you look at the entire scope of these stories about Anthony Davis, we're getting so slowly but surely he's starting to come around to the thinking it's like i'm doing everything i can but these guys they can't help me out and like oh man it would have been great with boogie but now nah, man now boogie's out like what am i gonna do you're leaving me with no option right, and what it took mm-hmm. to get boogie and what it'll take to keep boogie essentially makes it so that we are we can't be competitive in right. a real way unless right. we really absolutely strike gold on some mid-round draft pick or something like that here's the thing about the spurs we look at them they're kind of like the packers right they have their their couple superstars that they've built with over the years they don't get too too nutty in free agency other than like lamarcus was sort of the outlier there and in a weird way lamarcus was almost a, a precursor for what's happening with Kawhi because lamarcus too was like i don't know if i this is the right yeah, place for me right. mm-hmm. and pop and he were singing Kumbaya this this in the beginning of the season about how they had fixed their relationship. Um, what do you think would I, I without any inside knowledge? Do you think that this is something that if you're Kawhi Leonard and pops like the train's leaving without you? Do you think that we're going to see Kawhi on the bench during the playoffs? Do you think he's going to try and get back there? Was this a motivating tactic? Like, what do you think is going to happen going forward? I I think he'll be on the bench. I I, I think the weird thing for me is I understand all of Davis's comments. For me, the Spurs were right there in the Western Conference Finals last year. If the Kawhi injury didn't happen, if Zaza didn't, you know, wreck his his foot or whatever happened, um, they would have been right there. They they had that game. They had game one at least. And I, I feel like when you have that game and you have that game so handled, they, they would have won by over 20. I feel like they would have had a chance and if the Spurs just kind of hold everything together and, and wait things wait things out, I think they could make the finals again. It's like yeah. I don't even with this team. Yeah. And do you think that with the 
this could be a summer of a lot of turnover for the Spurs. I mean, right. they have a bunch of guys that, what is it, Green, Green yeah. Bertans. Bertans. Like all their middle yeah. guys, essentially. Yeah, and Kyle Anderson, I think, is an mm-hmm. RFA. Like, a bunch of guys who were kind of on the, could, could leave. On one hand, that clears a lot of cap space. They could be an attractive destination for some people, although San Antonio is not typically regarded as right. a destination. On the other hand, they kind of have LaMarcus Aldridge, Kawhi Leonard, and the coach of the Olympic team. <laughs> yeah. So, yes. and, and and probably the most respected coach in the NBA, pound for pound. Yeah, it almost speaks to just like the shortened lifespan of just like guys going to certain teams that I think you can trace back to LeBron. The fact that with the Heat and now the Cavs, it's almost like four years and out. Uh, I think it might just accelerate when guys want to go other places, when guys get frustrated with their current situations. And when we talk about a lot with LeBron, it's just about player agency and just like controlling your own destiny. And it just feels like guys are just looking at their situations. They want to win immediately. They see that their careers are like what? 12 years tops mm-hmm. if you're a superstar and two or three of them in the beginning are getting used to the league and three or four of them at the end are, mm-hmm. are kind of trying to f- keep stay useful so you basically have like this eight year unless you're lebron right. this eight year right. sort of significant window to win titles and if you're Kawhi and you say wow we don't have superstars on this team like i don't think we could actually win a title i could see why he is frustrated and potentially would want to go elsewhere having said that i think it's completely just just not right. <laughs> I think that they're better positioned than any team, and as you mentioned, right. they could just clear the decks also, and potentially the Spurs get to LeBron. The Spurs did win the title. <laughs> yes. Like the Spurs right. won the title yeah. with Kawhi Leonard as the Finals MVP, uh, and they were pretty close to another one without Ray Allen. Yeah, you know, it's like yeah. this is a team that like dismantled the Heat. I mean, they didn't have. I mean, Kawhi was just emerging then. So they, That's, they, if any team can win without the multiple superstars, it's the Spurs. And, and you look at the rosters over the over their. I don't know, 15 years. Most of them are bad. Yeah. Like yes. Fabricio Oberto no, yeah. was a huge, <laughs> played a huge role in that. All least the guys who have left the Spurs and you're just like, that dude used to play in like right. the yeah. Western Conference it, finals. Bring Forbes. Splitter? Yeah, like, Forbes taking, like, yes. yes. Oh my yeah. gosh. That's why I kind of wonder, like the first thought for me when I heard about these news yesterday, I was like, okay, so how much do the Warriors factor into this? Like, is Kawhi saying like, oh, like, we have no shot or whatever, but like you're the Spurs, right? You know, so it's like we talked about how good they are, even though the rosters have looked bad. So the thing I wonder is like, it kind of feels like more of a cultural thing than a basketball thing. Cause you talked about LaMarcus Aldridge and his problem was like, oh, I don't fit on the core or like, I'm not, it's not working yeah. well with Pop and Pop adjusted. But the fact that this is with Kawhi, like number one star on their team, this feels more like, something else. Like, I don't, you know I what don't I'm think saying? it could be possibly basketball related because yeah. they essentially went away from some of the principles that won them the title a few years ago to play a much more ISO heavy mm-hmm. Kawhi on the wing, clear out and get into right spaces style of offense. I'm not particularly aesthetically pleasing one, honestly. Mm-hmm. I mean, like they move the ball better than almost any team, but I think that it's still, it was still pretty ISO heavy when it was with Kawhi, especially last season. The one last thing I wanted to consider with this whole story is, isn't it kind of a an interesting sort of sub-narrative of the season about the different disagreements big-time players have been having mm. or could be big-time players have been having with medical departments? Because mm. obviously the Spurs feel like Kawhi is healthy enough to play. Uh, somebody thought Isaiah Thomas was ready to play in Cleveland, whether it was Isaiah Thomas who was like, I need to put numbers up to get a contract or whether it was Cleveland saying, we need to figure out whether or not we can we can run a pick and roll with you and LeBron before we get to the playoffs. Mm. And to some extent, the fault story, you know, where where you've got multiple dif- differing messages coming out of the front office coaching staff and players can't. Yeah. And even the DeMarcus Cousin injury, apparently, like Tom Haverstrow had the story 
right after the fact, saying that a lot of the minutes he was playing at such a high pace potentially contributed to that. And I'd heard that like the coaching staff in particular bristled about that. And then all of a sudden, a few days later, they came out and said, hey, by the way, we're actually going to play Anthony Davis only 36 minutes going forward. Yeah. So it, there's a lot of this going on. I think it, it just we have so much information and it's butting up against like what the way people have always done things. It's very similar to the way the analytics movement uh, right on the eve of of Sloan. Uh, the Sloan Conference uh, this weekend, uh, it, they are always talking about how we have so much ex- accessible information now. It's about messaging it properly to... And it's about actually figuring out what is useful and what that is... That too. We have so much. There's so That's much, why you right? guys aren't on the level where it's like John Wall got that knee surgery <laughs> now so he can be fresh for the playoffs. There no, you but go. you know what? Yeah. We are going to be talking about this more again if the T-Wolves get blasted in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah. If they mm-hmm. look gassed and some team runs all over the Timberwolves in the first round... I mean, the Thunder can't do that because the Thunder are playing their guys like almost as much as Tibbs plays his guys. But this idea, you know, where it's like save guys, but the most important part of the season is the playoffs. We're going to see that really put to the test when we get to when we get to the playoffs. All right, we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors and we're going to come back and talk about maybe how the playoffs could look different in the years to come. Today's episode of the Ringer NBA show is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Hiring? Every business needs great people and a better way to find them. Something better than posting your job online and just praying that the right people see it. ZipRecruiter knew there was a smarter way, so they built a platform that finds the right job candidates for you. ZipRecruiter learns what you're looking for, identifies people with the right experience, and invites them to apply for your job. These invitations have revolutionized how you find your next hire. In fact, 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. And ZipRecruiter doesn't stop there. They even spotlight the strongest applications you receive so you never miss a great match. The right candidates are out there. ZipRecruiter is how you find them. Businesses of all sizes trust ZipRecruiter for their hiring needs. Right now, Ringer NBA show listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash RingerMBA. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash RingerMBA. ZipRecruiter.com slash RingerMBA. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Today's episode of the Ringer NBA show is also brought to you by SeatGeek. Buying tickets can be complicated and confusing, but there's a simpler way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every type of live event. Whether you're catching your favorite musician on tour, shopping for the perfect gift, or searching for that last minute deal to see your favorite team, SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices fully guaranteed. Nothing beats being there in person for the biggest plays of the year, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. I have SeatGeek on my phone, and it's by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. I can be anywhere, and with just a few taps, I can instantly find seats. I used SeatGeek recently to uh, buy tickets to the band Super Chunks shows in Los Angeles. Hmm. Very good band. I like them. Good new album. Great new album. I went to see the Hartford Yardy Goats this summer. With SeatGeek? Via SeatGeek. See, anywhere you are in America... Anything you love, whether it's the Yard Goats or Super Chunk or the Dodgers or the Lakers or the Clippers or even USC football, Paolo. Use SeatGeek. SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. And to get you the most bang for your buck, SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Plus, every SeatGeek purchase is fully guaranteed so you can shop for tickets with confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. And best of all, Ringer NBA show listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code RINGERNBA. That's promo code RINGERNBA for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek, right seat, right now, right from your phone. 
Guys, we're back. Uh, the playoffs are approaching. Couldn't get, they can't get yeah, here fast enough. Twenty five games left, more or less. More or yeah. less. That's that was what Pop said. We only got twenty five games to figure this thing out. Um, and if Adam Silver has his way, although I don't know if it's, I think Adam Silver is really good at floating things and sort of being like, I'm thinking about it. He's an idea guy. He's an ideas guy. Hundred percent. So he is thinking about something that a lot of people have been suggesting over the years, including our our. Our boss, Bill Simmons, is that we should do straight seeding for the playoffs. That conference seeding one through eight in each conference is outmoded. That we're at a point where we could properly schedule things where the one we would go one through 16 and we would no longer have to have crappy eight, seven seeds in the Eastern Conference. Um, I think this was greeted with a lot of excitement from fans, a lot of curiosity, and Immediately, the first person to throw some cold water on it was LeBron James. <laughs> um, we kind of, as off offline, we're talking a little bit about well, why would LeBron not want straight seating? Mm. And it was like, well, I mean, he's made the finals for the last like <laughs> yeah. twelve years off this system because, so, and yeah. and it's like everywhere he, you know, th- this is an interesting conversation to have in relationship to LeBron's free agency coming mm. up. Paolo, what do you think of straight seating? yourself and what did you think of LeBron's response? So I think in theory it makes sense, right? It's it's gonna it's more fun. It gets the best teams in there. I think I wonder so at the press conference on um Saturday, Adam Silverster, it's not about tradition, it's about travel, which I think is kind of a cop out in a way because like there are ways to reconfigure things reconfigure things, I think, to make it an easier thing. I think the interesting part is just like the the fact that LeBron I Personally, I don't want to extrapolate LeBron's comments to be like, okay, so he's, he's staying. Yeah, right, he's yeah. right. Yeah, I think he's just like it was like very off the cuff, and he's like, that sounds awful. Like, like traveling, you know, to the West Coast for for a seven game series or whatever. Like, I just think he's kind of like, yeah, this would be really cool until there was a Portland yeah, Miami exactly. series. And like, guys the, were in the air for fourteen hours right. every forty eight hours. Well, the, I, I do think it's interesting what you're talking about with tradition there, just because I think. We think about LeBron as a disruptor in terms of just free agency and everything else. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think he is a traditionalist. You, you hear him talk all the time and you hear people that know him say like he's just a student of the game. He really respects the history of it all. And it seemed like that's what was like his answer was steeped in. And I think on the other side of things, you have Adam Silver, who's very much a progressive. And even though he hasn't been able to get through a lot of things, the things that he has uh, are very just liberal and, and just like a new, fresh approach on things. They do a lot of things in the G League to test out and pilot that were are just completely radical in that sense. And so I think when you're at the level of the commissioner and LeBron James, two people who are just masters of working a press conference, like you almost have to look at this at like political candidates. And I think they're very much aware that they're on opposing sides of this thing. And I think they are kind of messaging not only to the public at large, but to each other that like they're almost trying to sway opinion and to rally the troops. I think it's a really interesting just theater being played out in front of us. And uh, to be honest, I'm very much pro silver in this regard. Good. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I just don't know how feasible, like what, what's the time frame? Do you, what, was there a time frame that was, there's a that bunch of things out? that are, th- uh, what, when this would get enacted. Yeah, uh, I think it's something tomorrow. that they're going to actively look at <laughs> over the next couple right. of years. Yeah. One thing that silver said was that 
I think he acknowledged that travel is not quite there. I think his quote was... You can't fight time zones. Yeah, it's basically maybe sure. ultimately you have to add even more days to the season to spread it out a little bit more to deal with the travel. Maybe air travel will get better. So I have a message from Adam Silver, which is that air travel is getting worse. But he's flown the direct flight from LAX to Philadelphia. I mean, it's like... Well, it's, how, would okay. we mind adding games adding days to the season like he says like you need to add days to like even it out again well, can they accommodate that in, in and, a, and lesser less games during the regular right. season that's that would yeah that would be ideal also five game series in the first round you yes. just scale yeah. it back to there right. but we already have like new orleans in the central time zone playing west coast games constantly right. so there are it's already an imperfect system and to suggest like lebron kind of is that everything's just fine and good i, I think it's it's really kind of just overlooking some of the, the flaws baked into what we already have there yeah so it's like it's like would you tinker with it or would you rehaul it re revamp it you know completely and remodel it I don't know. I think that um, I I have like a, a, a an affection for the conferences. I I think you'd have to do a lot of funky stuff like the the best of five, but the the better seed gets multiple home games, like more home games, like maybe four out of mm. the five have to be played at the at that team's place. I still think that that's that's I, I I think that there's a problem with it is that we get to the first round of the season, the first round of the playoffs, and a lot of the times half the series are kind of duds yep. and I yeah. think that they are looking for a way in which they have this window the NBA is sort of rising and it's and it's curating across the country it's becoming a more and more popular sport every month and they want to take advantage of that and they want to they want to create a postseason that's as exciting as the NFL's because right now they don't have that right mm -hmm. now it's like the finals are good there's really good conference finals games, but you have to be kind of a basketball junkie to really get into Milwaukee versus Detroit round in a one. seven game right. in a seven game series yeah. that could be three one, and then like you know the lesser team steals game six or whatever, yeah. and you just kind of like okay, like let's keep going. That's we what are, all of my non NBA fans will say. Yeah, or friends will say they'll just be like, yeah, it's just like. Come to me for my music takes. I'm, I'm a multifaceted guy, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, they'll, they'll always complain about just like it's so predictable, mm. and especially when compared to college basketball, it, it's the complete opposite of that. There's right. no you excitement. You just have to the accept NFL. the idea that the Blazers and the Pacers could be playing for the finals, and they're and not going to win the finals. We already make right. fun of that game because we're like, oh, the NBA TV game. Like, what's going to be the NBA TV like series right. this year or whatever? So, I mean, I think I think it would make it more fun. I think that I do wonder though in terms of tradition, if there is kind of like an allure that we give even to the Eastern Conference Final and the Western Conference Final, you know, we're still going to have those games, but, you know, they won't have the kind of the, will, will they have the same kind of, you know, tradition or aura about them? I think them? that we at this table probably do because we think about things like Chris Paul's legacy. Mm -hmm. right? And I don't think that the average sports fan, the average sports fan's relationship to basketball is probably a lot more similar to the three of us in our relationship, you're a bigger college football fan, but I don't really care until right. it's like the last, maybe like a big SEC game or the last few weeks of the season. Mm -hmm. And then it's the, the the final four. And then I become the world's foremost Clemson yeah. expert for right. two days. But <laughs> it's like, that's, that's where a lot of people are just like, Oh, is it time to care about the Western conference finals? Mm -hmm. We're like, Oh, what would happen if Houston doesn't get past the second round? Yeah. Right? Like that's so big. And most people yeah, don't right. give a shit. And for that's, the most part, well, we've been saying this all year, like, the Western Conference Finals this year is probably going to be the finals. Yes, and that yeah. was Adam Silver's main point. Is that yes. it, that I I too often I mean the Thunder and the Warriors from two years ago was probably my favorite postseason series that I've ever seen, mm -hmm. and that the fact yeah. that that was not yeah. the finals, uh, 
and ironically led to <laughs> the sort of reshaping of the league. It's it's a really, really, it's a huge inflection point for the league. Uh, one of the other things that's been kicked around, and Zach tweeted about this today, um, and it's been it's been talked about for a while, is this idea of a play-in tournament uh, between, I think, the 10th through 7th seeds or, or something like that uh, in each conference, which I think is really cool. Um, anything to kind of, like, generate interest. I do wonder whether or not you're basically competing to get your head kicked in. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't solve the main issue of the, the other proposal, which is just to make the first round more interesting. If we're basically just saying you're playing, you're having a play in in order to have a, a less interesting first mm-hmm. round still, it's not like solving anything. Yeah. I, you know, what we've talked about these sort of other ways to sp- spice up the league over the years. Um, I always like the idea of something that's closer to the FA Cup in in soccer, which is like a concurrent tournament that runs alongside the season and has some sort of reward at the end of it. Now, the FA Cup is in England, and it's a soccer trophy in England, which is the oldest trophy, and it sort of has this history behind it. And then every once in a while, there's just like this huge upset, and everybody goes nuts for it. I, I think that would be hard to generate that right off the bat with the NBA, but lottery spot? Mm-hmm. something like is there Damn. cap yeah. relief is there something that you right. could incentivize where it would be like what if the warriors could win two trophies in one year and get a lottery spot or something or <sighs> just say and i mean like yeah like that would be would you watch a single elimination tournament that maybe in the beginning of the, the rounds was uh maybe patrick mccaw was playing more minutes but then in the <laughs> in the semis and quarters was the regular the the, the regular lineups and and it was basically March Madness running alongside the NBA regular season. I mean, would I watch right. it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I watched the baseball one and out yeah. thing that they have going now, and I, yeah. I don't watch any other baseball games. Right. 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 So I think that that would be the, the carrot to the casual well, fan. The NCAA would not be cool with that. No. No. If there was like a <laughs> pro March Madness going. Um, all right. Well, we're talking so much about the playoffs. Let's talk a little bit about what's going to happen before we get there. So I wanted to just get some second half uh, predictions from you guys. Let's start with you, pal. All right. I'm going to say. The Thunder. This is not a per se a bold prediction, but I'm in on the Thunder. I'm back in on back the in three on the, on the, the three headed monster. Even no though Melo's kind of like, yeah. No, I, I mean, I'm I'm just I want Paul George to have a just like a rampant second half of the season, and I think they're gonna get the three seed, especially now with the Spurs being kind of like being dicey without Kawhi. I think that's my main prediction, which is not you know crazy, but I think Thunder are gonna look, like we're gonna go into the playoffs thinking that they have an outside shot at beating the Rockets, and then. Beating, depending on the matchups, beating the Warriors. Even though we know, all know it's not going to happen, but I think they have a, their top end is really impressive and it's really fun to watch. Right, already have a, a higher point differential than the San Antonio Spurs. There you go. Uh, just in terms of my own prediction, I'm very pro Utah Jazz these days, mm. mostly in order to support my Hipster. own. Well, that and to support my own prediction from from that, January right. and and to that's just right. continue to tell you guys about how amazing and wonderful I am as Danny hears every day in our <laughs> office um no but ev- all of the math suggests that they're a way better team than their record is right now obviously they were without Rudy Gobert they've been without Ricky Rubio at times uh they're counting a lot on Donovan Mitchell and that is going to scare me and obviously that they're still trying to play two bigs is scaring me but I think they have a, a softer schedule over the last couple games and they've really found something here. I, I love Royce O'Neal. I think what they have just works. I wouldn't be surprised, young Paolo, if they finish with home court advantage in the first round. Wow. You think they're going to wow. get up to the four seed? It's just such a uh, it's wide open a traffic jam right yeah. there between three and ten right now. Damn. And, and if Dante Exum comes back, <laughs> oh come on! <laughs> I forgot. 
<laughs> is he supposed to come back this season? He might. Ooh, God, that'd be great. What, what if I like Dante the Gordon Hayward himself might? out? So, <laughs> so, the, so the Jazz fans are are envisioning a lineup with Donovan Mitchell and Exum in the backcourt, and they're calling it DMX. What oh about, my wow, God, that's, that's really good. good. I mean, can they just play Rough Riders anthem whenever they take the court? <laughs> What's up with Rubio? Is he? He just had like How a little he fit hip DMX. Injury. Yeah, I know. He, he, what's weird is that he <laughs> took off during that streak. He was pl- he was like scoring like thirty points a yeah. game. Like Danny and I talked about it at one point where like he was actually getting to the rim and oh, finishing. Yeah. And right. actually, those like rocket launcher three pointers were going in. And I don't know how sustainable that is. Not he's really, <laughs> you know, but he's a really confusing player. Let's though. ride the wave. He'll be back right. soon, I believe. Right. I think it was just a hip like kind of just yeah. ding. Danny, what's your second half of the season? Prediction? You know, I was gonna say your, your predictions were a little tepid until you kind of finished yeah. finished it off. Do you think Palo's the Thunder will be good? Well, no, they, 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 they not necessarily tepid, but there weren't there wasn't a, a real concrete prediction there. There was right. no oh, wow. there was no okay. hill that but, they were dying uh, the, on. The Thunder are gonna win the West. Sure, okay, <laughs> why not? I'm in. Let's go. Let's so, circulate that yeah. on social. My my <laughs> prediction is that the Sixers will be the four seed in in the East. Love it. Wow. Uh, they've had the toughest schedule in the season. Yeah. Check, check your Venmo. Um, <laughs> and I think Embiid has been just phenomenal yeah. in, since... All-star MVP. Yeah. The real all-star the, the real MVP. If he was in the game, Team Steph would have won. Um, they've been an incredible defense since 2018, and everything seems to be clicking. You know, fingers crossed there aren't any major injuries, but everything like... Everything seems to be man. clicking. Yeah. They have Bellinelli. Yeah. I, I just, you know, like, I... Markel Fultz is, like, not even in the back no. of my mind. No. Yeah. He isn't playing. Just right? wait until you see the next video of is, him on Twitter. Danny. Is, is that your prediction? Awesome prediction. <laughs> Thank you. Um, my prediction is pretty boring, but it's that the Warriors are about to rip stuff up right uh, now. Uh, they yeah. play the Kings... Uh, they play the Suns three times. They play the Kings twice, and they play the Hawks twice. They have the easiest record of playoff teams in the Western Conference. If my if my reading of a weird chart was right, <laughs> uh, but either way, those guys we are we already know that those guys have burner accounts. Like yeah. they read yeah. they read the internet. They've seen our. Are we sure the Warriors are ready for this? Takes they've seen us second guessing them. They've seen people, you know. Ripping them for letting Draymond coach against the Suns. Kid, he only reads tech blogs. I don't know what you're talking That's about. That's true. Yeah, he's just on. <laughs> he's, on <laughs> he's on Gizmodo every day. Um, <laughs> no, I think that I think that they are going to be properly motivated. They wanted to get to the break. They got the break. They have heard our our second guessing, and now they're in. The, they've the, for the first time in several years, they've gone into the uh, into the All Star break facing the prospect of having to play on another team's home court to the extent that Houston has a home court advantage in the in the Western Conference Finals. I think that they're just going to they're going to rip off. They're going to be playing their best basketball when they get into the postseason. And I think that this is not going to be as close as we thought it might be in the playoffs. Yeah, I'm very much on record now that I think the Rockets are going to win the title and finish wow. first in the West. Uh, they get Trevor Ariza back, I believe, soon, which I, I think, think we will have help. multiple bets about this. OK, yeah, we could talk. We could settle up later. Uh, but I think it is funny that I look at the standings right now and the Rockets, even with the Warriors struggling in yeah. air quotes, Rockets have won 10 in a row and are (laughs) up at half a game (laughs) on the Warriors that everybody is like, I guess that's it for the Warriors. Not great. Yeah. So I think that they'll be fine. Um, Do you guys have anything else you wanted to get off your chest about the second half of the season? Any hopes, any dreams? I just want everyone to have a good time. To play well. Let, yeah. let, let's see the Nuggets actually make the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm ready that. for this. Yeah. I'm really ready. No step back. back. Yeah. I very much believe in what they have. 
but I can't go out on a limb or die on a hill for them simply because like there's just so many young guys. Like I love Jamal Murray. I'm I was like, I believe I said he's gonna be better than Brandon Ingram the other day, which is a take that I guess I'll have to stand for now. Um <laughs> You you like go backwards into these takes. You like say them and then you have to like go back and double down on them just just to you <laughs> well, know. Well he he spends so much time being like I, this was my take. Remember that? that he also <laughs> feels like he needs to be like, I have to say that I did have this other take. Right. You need to stick to your convictions. But uh, they're counting on a lot of, of younger guys. Gary Harris, another guy that we like. It's just like they're on the younger side. Jokic, they're not really proven. So I think Millsap will, will be a big key for them. He needs I, to come I back. Hope, I hope his good. wrist is like, I hope they, they put in some, what's that, Black, Black Panther? Oh, oh the, the, the him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's all they need. Yeah. They also may need some alpha dogs in the locker room. Listen to that mm. Richard Jefferson pod with Bill where they were just like, we're just a bunch of chill bros who love to <laughs> it's meditate. It's going to be Devin Harris. You know? yeah. It's going to be Devin Harris. Yeah. Devin Harris. Yeah. Okay. Hey, Jonathan Charks has mentioned that Devin Harris is going to make a huge difference to all this right. locker room. All right, John. I trust Charks. I love John, but, yeah. you know, let's walk back a little bit. <laughs> on that note, on Devin Harris is going to save the Nuggets. Let's wrap up group chat for this week. We'll be back next week. Make sure you check out the Ringer NBA show. We're pumping out tons of pods every week. Heat check, uh, Verno and Kev, sources say, draft class, group chat. Thanks for listening. Basketball is very good. Basketball is very good.